Welcome to the Urban Remedy Podcast, inspiring health through food, lifestyle, and making conscious choices. Today, we are going to talk about optimizing our hormones, and we're here with Dr. Hilary Fredrickson. She's an amazing naturopath who also has a background in Chinese medicine. And we're going to just talk about, you know, common ways to balance and optimize our hormones, because obviously that's a huge part of getting pregnant and fertility. And so um, why start us out, Dr. Hillary, with, you know, how, how do we optimize our hormones and what are the most important hormones that are related to fertility? Okay. So I, I, I love this because I have a lot of patients when they come to me and they're like, I'm ready to get pregnant or... Sometimes they come if they've had a problem, right? It, it didn't work as fast as they wanted or and they're trying to figure it out. And I ask them, okay, tell me about what you know about hormones. And it's it's fun to re-educate them because a lot of women actually don't know. Yeah. So let me just kind of like cover yeah. the cycle, yeah. okay? So in the beginning, if if most women are, have a 28-day cycle and if it's too long or if it's too short, that's something that naturopathic doctors or acupuncturists that work in fertility like to kind of harmonize and get ready, okay? But we need a good amount of estrogen in the beginning of the cycle to help to build the lining of the endothelium of the endometrium. So what we're trying to do is make in your uterus the endometrial lining, we have to get it really plump and luscious so that when an egg drops, it sustains. So you're building lining, building lining, building lining. You need estrogen to do this, estrogen, estrogen. And then there's a surge, boom, which helps your your estrogen sort of peaks and then you get progesterone. And progesterone is the hormone in the latter part of your cycle, the luteal phase of your cycle that helps to keep the lining present that keeps it there. Progesterone keep it's being released by your body. And when you drop an egg, if the egg is fertilized, it then continues to make progesterone and that goes on to be a baby. If the egg is not fertilized, the progesterone level naturally drops and that's when the lining is shed and that's when you start to menstruate. So it's just sort of like hormone 101. And there's a lot of different hormones that influence this process. So these are the things that I want to talk about. So one, we need to make sure that estrogen levels are plump and luscious and lovely in the beginning of the cycle, that your progesterone is coming on strong and holding and that your progesterone is strong, that you have some um, androgens, that's your testosterone and your DHEA. Women have these things and we need some of it, one, to help our sex drive and two, it um, helps the chi, as we would say for a woman, her strength, her drive, her yang. So we want this in balance. We don't want too much of it. We don't want to, we don't want, we can't not have any of it. Um, And then, uh, and then we've got stress hormones. So that's cortisol. A lot of people have heard about cortisol. It's, it's talked about a lot in the media, but they don't quite understand. So let me start with cortisol. Cortisol is a hormone that is secreted from the adrenal glands. The adrenal glands are these two precious little creatures that live on right above your kidneys. And they are responsible for the hormones that make our fight or flight um, part of our parasympathetic or sympathetic nervous system, excuse me. Okay, so we have two parts of our nervous system. One is 
fight or fight or flight when we see a bear and we go, oh my God, there's a bear and we run. And those cortisol, epinephrine and norepinephrine are crucial hormones to help that process. Or when our nervous system says there is no danger here, we can rest, we can digest, we can take in love, we can just totally calm our bodies down to sleep. And that happens when we, we shouldn't have stress hormone. So like maybe back in the day where we were either running from bears or there was no danger, our stress hormones were quite, it, they were quite predictable. The stress hormones would come out when we needed them and then we wouldn't be releasing them the rest of the time. There was more darkness, there was more resting, there was more time for healing from the stressful events. Unfortunately, now in kind of modern times, we're just sort of like stressed a lot. You wake up in the morning to an alarm, you're often running late, you have this to do, you have that to do, you have this to do. Our bodies don't really know the difference of when we're, when the bear, when we're running from the bear or it's, it's, or we just are trying to like gun through the traffic light. You know, it's, we're just sort of, our stress hormones are constantly at play. And what cortisol, the role of cortisol, and unfortunately with diet, life influences the high sugar diet or high pesticide diet can also create cellular stress. So the body has a cortisol response to that. And can I ask you a question about that? I'm curious about... What do you think um, about um, EMFs related to cortisol levels and cellular health? I mean, do you think that plays a role at all? Like, are being close on, like, for example, like if you're sitting close to your computer all day and you're, you, you're on your cell phone all day and you're in Wi Fi, do you think that has an effect? Absolutely has an effect. And, but there is a sensitivity in different humans. Yeah. So I'd say some people, don't necessarily feel it. I, I have some patients that are so sensitive that they they get a fast, their heart rate goes fast. They get in a real, like I'm running from the bear when I'm in Wi-Fi. So those are the rare people on the bell curve, but it makes me think, wow, we all are experiencing some biochemical effect of this. So I definitely ask my patients to try to have a dark environment at night so that they are turning off their Wi-Fi, their phones, or at least that their phones are in airplane mode, that they're going as dark as we can, that we're putting, you either have a sleep mask or you're in a dark room and that there's no electrical stimulation. Because I do believe, and science is showing that it it has an effect, a stressful effect. So Yeah, because when you also, you know, it's, what was that? I was when I was creating the, this fertility program, I was reading this article and it was so interesting. It was saying like, you know, in the, I mean, all the way, you know, from early, you know, like 1920s and then you look to the eighties, there was like hardly any fertility centers. There was like maybe one fertility center in every city. And, you know, the last, I would say 20 years, there's now like 40 fertility centers in every big city. And the rates of infertility have gone up so dramatically. It is scary. And then somebody yesterday, a friend of mine who's a functional medicine doctor was telling me, 
sperm counts in men have gone way, way, way down. down. And it's just really interesting. I'm, I don't know if, I don't think anybody probably really has the answer why, and it's probably a mix of a bunch of things, but I always wonder, you know, about obviously the food we eat and then, you know, all of this um, new electronic Wi-Fi and all of this stuff we're exposed to. So I think when we're trying to get pregnant, and we're trying to reharmonize many of us before we get pregnant, we're on some sort of birth control, usually hormonal. Oh, I'd love you. Yeah. To and go deeper into we, that. And I, you know, I think I often put my patients through sort of a birth control recovery mm-hmm. process where we're remineralizing them because it, it, they, can you briefly tell us like in your experience, um, what, what, what happens like for people that have been on the birth control pill for 20 years, you know, 15 years, like, what does that do? How does that affect our hormones when we're trying to get pregnant? So what it, what birth control affects a couple different things. What it does is it makes everything at a very steady rate. So it's keeping an, the estrogen controlled so that we don't have a surge and an egg isn't dropped. And so that steady control can have an effect where then the organ has the, when the ovary has to get used to producing enough on its own, it takes just a little while to reharmonize. Now, again, some women, this can happen very fast. So there's definitely, it's not that it's prevents some women from getting pregnant, but when some women that are more sensitive have a harder time. Okay. So they need to be Often what I do is I do a detox program for them Mm because they've just been under hormonal influence Mm -hmm. for a long time. We need to upregulate their phase one and phase two of detoxification, help them detoxify. And then the other thing that birth control pills do is it stops the absorption of some minerals or overuses some minerals. So it's B vitamins, which is really interesting Mm. because women who have been on birth control pills can have a folate deficiency. We need folic acid when we want to get pregnant, folate. Mm -hmm. Folate is something that every, it's in every prenatal vitamin. We need at least 800 micrograms of folate and folic acid. There's two different forms um, of folate. And so I always ever get everybody on a good B vitamin, Mm -hmm. make sure they're absorbing um, and from food or a good, pre, good prenatal, but also essential fatty acids. It affects essential fatty acids. Mm. And so essential fatty acids are incredibly important for babies, eye health, brain health, and for mom's brain health Yeah, and, and for fertility. So those are the things that I look at if patients have been on birth control pills for a long time, making sure that they're replete in their EF, essential fatty acids, there are B vitamins that if they're having some hormone dysregulation, if they're having a hard time that we do put them through a hormonal detox and we um, help build their blood in Chinese medicine, like help get them back up, get the plump up the ovaries mm-hmm. again, plump up the adrenal glands and work on stress. So the cortisol story comes in where the stress and the cortisol, it has this like... Um, I always talk about my patients. If you're walking, there are hormones that are hands behind the back that help push you along. And then there are, there are hormones that are like hands on your chest, Mm -hmm. stopping your growth, stopping your forward motion, Mm -hmm. making things more tired. And that's cortisol. Cortisol are like two hard hands on your chest, stopping you Mm -hmm. in motion. So I try to take those away help heal the adrenal glands with some adaptogens or bioflavonoids in the foods. That's why we're eating reds, greens, Mm -hmm. purples to help heal the stress response. And then 
do a lot of work around increasing our parasympathetic activity. Mm -hmm. Because if we can reduce our cortisol, take away the hands that are blocking us and get hands back behind our back, supporting us through helping our hormonal system, fertility just comes faster. So um, that's being in a, trying to calm down the fight or flight. And this is like, it's almost a spiritual practice, right? It's a daily practice, like of how can we, not take stuff so seriously. How can we have a lot more fun? Mm -hmm. How can we not be like, (gasps) go from zero to 10 Mm -hmm. if we like miss the red light? You know, Mm -hmm. what's what's real and what's not, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe tuning out some of the stressful global politics and just focusing on your your life, your passion, what you're trying to create. And your hormone symphony will become, you know, a lot more in harmony. That's a great, um, I would say, uh, like, that's a great time to get acupuncture. An amazing time. That's like one of the things that it's great. I mean, I do acupuncture once a week just because I have so much stress. And when I do my acupuncture, it's like I get into that state and it's like I feel just all of my stress releasing and really feeling that support that it gives my kidneys and my adrenals. That's right. Well, acupuncture puts you in a complete parasympathetic state. Like it's such an interesting thing. The needles go in, which can be sometimes stressful for some people, but then there's this wave that comes, boom. And you're like out. It's almost like disorienting. You're, you're, you're in this real calm parasympathetic place. And so acupuncture is amazing strategy, meditation, deep breathing, a practice like yoga. There's so many different things where you're trying to just release the toxic effect of cortisol. And that's what, this is when I start to sleep, speak a little slower <laughs> and move a little slower, but that's really what the ladies need when we're trying to like rev up the fer- fertile part of our life. Yeah. And I love the way that you're talking about it, because as we said, in some of the other podcasts, you know, when you have been diagnosed with, with infertility, it causes so much stress and just the stress of, you know, if you've maybe had a couple miscarriages or, you know, you've been going through this for over a year. I mean, that in itself can really affect your cortisol and affect all the, you know, affect your stress hormones. So it's, it's horrible. Yeah, it's, it's so, so it's, stressful. It, it is so stressful. I mean, it's, like I said before, it's akin to being diagnosed with cancer. It's stressful to the woman on yeah. that level. So and ladies, it's like cellular, it's your DNA. Yeah. It's like what our job is. Yeah. And, and then when you can't yeah. do it easily, it's very yeah. difficult. And then you're getting this feeling of yourself where you almost feel like ashamed or what's wrong with my body. And then you get mad at your body. Like, why isn't my body working properly? And it's just a really important time to use as an opportunity for compassion and self-love and an opportunity to, you know, make the changes that you need to make. Because um, I just think it's so common with women that are having issues with fertility. So I think that's a great... And I always tell my, you know, my fertility patients, like, this is such good parenting practice. Yeah. Because you have to learn resilience. And you have three to kids. To be a parent. Really I have know. three kids, yeah. So it's <laughs> like, you know, it's kind of like, it's a marathon. Yeah. Managing our stress when we enter this life where we want to become mothers, be pregnant and, and then be mothers, we have to be resilient. Mm-hmm. We have to learn every day how to take care of ourselves, how to manage our stress, how to um, feed our bodies. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, 
you know, I, it's, it's annoying sometimes when your doctor's constantly trying to look for the silver lining, but the silver lining of fertility issues is that you learn to learn, you learn deep self-care. Yeah. And, and I think pra- the practice of it. And I'm so glad we're talking about all of this because, um, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people will go to just a fertility specialist and there's so much fear and it's like, well, you better do it now because you're getting older every day. Those eggs are getting older every day. Your eggs are like, you know, you're like, and you know, these are, this is somebody that's like 34 years old or 32 years old. And it's like, you are so young and you are so vital and you can do it. And I think that we know, you know, and, and these fertility doctors aren't looking at things like cortisol and things like that. And no. so there's so much more you can do. It's so important to have like, see an acupuncturist, see a naturopath, see somebody who can really help support your whole constitution, balancing your constitution. I mean, in Chinese medicine, we look at your vitality. We don't look at your age as, you know, being, you're too old, you're too young. We really look at you as an individual and how do we really help harmonize your body um, so that you can be more vital and be more fertile. Yeah. I mean, I have patients 44, 45, 46 getting pregnant on their own without IVF that when we're just kind of harmonizing hormones. And that really, that's just, it makes me mad about our society that we're so like making all these women feel so ashamed because they're getting pregnant at 33 years old. I mean, it's just, I feel like we've we've got to change that. We're missing it. Okay. So tell us about, yeah. So the hormone thing. So we talked about cortisol, cortisol and this is where we're really trying to get the hands back behind the back. Yeah. Now let's talk about estrogen. Yeah. So just as in Chinese medicine, we learn about excesses and deficiencies. There are um, estrogen excesses or estrogen deficiencies that can affect the symphony. And so what we want to do is just get a nice, beautiful, balanced estrogen. What's the easiest way? Like eat organic food. Okay. Eat organic meat because we don't want fight it. We don't want extra hormones. Unfortunately, non-organic meat has estrogen. Yep. They're using hormones in dairy and they're using hormones in meats. So you do not want to take, you do not want to be eating more estrogen than what you're already producing. And yep. um, and the other thing is to try to stay away from plastics, mm-hmm. plastic bottles, because those have been found to be hormone um, disruptors. disruptors. We want to try to, st- there's, you said that you did a um, podcast on keeping your home clean. Yep. Even just having plants in your home can make yeah. a difference at getting out some of the things that are hormone disruptors. Okay. Do you have like a favorite simple, like, adaptogen that you would use? Because I know, because this is, there's going to be all different kinds of people listening to this. And, you know, like you said, some might have, some might be estrogen dominant, some might be estrogen deficient. Do you, is there like an adaptogen? So there's two adaptogens, there's two adaptogens that I love, love, well, I love a lot, but okay. Your favorites. um, Siberian ginseng, Mm -hmm. Eleutherococcus is one of my favorites. It helps in what an adaptogen is, if you guys don't know out there, is that it's a regulator. It's an herbal medicine that's used as a regulator. It helps if you have an excess production, it helps to bring it down. If you have a deficiency, it helps to bring it up. So one of the greatest Chinese herbal regulators is licorice. Yep. Right. So like, I love licorice. 
Okay. Um, licorice has a little funky thing happening with it where if women have high blood pressure, they shouldn't take it. So I'm a little so bit you, more careful about but that. Do you but think the, the kind that doesn't have the glycerin in it, that does that have the same effect or does it need to have it in it? It doesn't have quite yeah. the same effect. Yeah. That's yeah. a bummer for us. Isn't but it? most women are fine. Yeah. It's just that if you have hypertension, then licorice is not your medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also love so I love Siberian ginseng, Eleutherococcus, yep. and I love rhodiola. Yeah. And, but, but rhodiola is not great if you have some mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So if you're bipolar or if you have some depression, I'd stick, stay away from that. And that's why it's nice to work with a Chinese herbalist or a naturopathic doctor to help kind of find your blend. But I put every woman that wants to get pregnant all of them for me are on an adaptogen Mm -hmm. and that adaptogen helps to decrease the effect of cortisol, increase those hands behind the back, help harmonize the estrogen and progesterone production. And, um, those plants make a huge difference. But the other thing that women can, all women should be doing is taking their essential fatty acids Mm -hmm. and eating fats. We talked about in that, in the diet podcast, but the essential fatty acids, eating chia seeds, taking your fish oil, taking, if it's krill oil, if it's flax oil, but that those actually act as hormone regulators as well. Yeah. One other little tip, as you were saying that I just remembered, I did a podcast with, um, Dr. Stephanie Daniel and we were, it's, on uh, naturally preventing breast cancer. And one of her number one tips, which I loved was eat two tablespoons a day of flax seeds. And that's going to pull a lot of the excess estrogens out of your body. So just like throw it into your smoothie. I mean, it's hard to kind of chew them up, but, um, yeah, adding yeah, like the taking the flax oil, but also doing like one or two tablespoons of flax seeds every day will help, and it also it also prevents breast cancer. Yeah, and chia seed. Chi- yeah. So chia seeds are another good source of yep. essential fats. Or I mean, I have a lot of my patients on also like high higher end fish oils and yeah. some other EFAs. So, so these essential fatty acids are things that we need often to supplement because unfortunately in our society. We're not eating tons of sardines. We're not eating. I I lived in Spain for several years and like those people actually eat that stuff. They eat like those, the adorable Spaniards like snack on these little like sardines, like the kids eat them like they're candy. We don't do that as much. We don't have as many essential fatty acids built into our diet. We have like none built into our diet. So we need to really um, supplement that. And in the diet piece, we talked about fats and eating fats yeah. and that healthy, good fats. And that's another way to kind of help yeah. a, be an adaptogen for our hormones, help hormone yeah. balance and hormone regulate. And what about, um, tell us about progesterone. How could we keep our progesterone balanced? So progesterone makes us more relaxed. There's nothing like watching a, a mama in her third trimester. She's like pretty chill. Yeah. There's not a lot that can, yeah. can yeah. get in her way of, real, of feeling calm. And um, progesterone helps us feel more relaxed and progesterone comes when we are more relaxed. Mm-hmm. So that's again, when we remove the stress hormone, progesterone production is, cap- is more possible. Mm-hmm. Progesterone actually is one of the first hormones in the cascade of hormone production. So it starts as what's called pregnenolone, Mm -hmm. and then it all comes to progesterone. And from progesterone, we then make testosterone and estrogen, and um, we detox things in different ways. So one of the main ways that we build our progesterone reserves is by eating cholesterol 
eating healthy fats, eating good, strong, healthy foods, Mm -hmm. and not shuttling that progesterone that we make off into other stress hormones, but getting it straight over to like making estrogen and keeping those in strong balance. So go back, so make sure you listen to, to the, the diet, diet podcast and how important. Yeah. Diet that and we are using are. cholesterol as these building, we're intake yep. en- enough cholesterol. We're reducing our stress and then progesterone's actually quite easily made. Okay, good. It's one of the easier so you, hormones so you, to make. So you deal with progesterone more with diet than like an adaptogenic? So or? one of the things that is for people who have progesterone deficiency, mm-hmm. and usually a progesterone deficiency is caused often by estrogen mm-hmm. excess. So these things are always looked at in balance. But one of the biggest plant friends for progesterone is Vitex, Vitex. Mm-hmm. And that is what really helped me with my PCOS. Very harmonizing progesterone herb. So it can help women who have really long cycles. It can help bring them together if they have really short cycles. And a lot of that has to do with the symphony between estrogen and progesterone. Mm -hmm. But I always start to work on that cycle Mm -hmm. regulation with progesterone by using an adaptogen that we talked about Mm -hmm. and then by using Vitex. And usually Vitex does the job. Yeah. Um, and for women who I find for a little bit older, progesterone is one of the things that starts to get dysregulated first as we enter our forties. So for my patients in their forties, sometimes I actually use bioidentical progesterone if it's necessary, but a lot of times I get there with the herbs. Um, nice. to I keep- love that. And can we talk about testosterone? Please. I think that is so important because obviously if you are trying to get pregnant and you have zero libido, Mm -hmm. that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Like we need some. And the really fun, interesting thing is um, the the time in a woman's hormone cascade that their androgen should be the highest is three days before ovulation, Mm -hmm. which is the time when our fertility really is at its peak. Mm -hmm. So around three days before is when you want to start getting it on and um, having fun with your sex. You should be excited to have sex. You should be having a lot of fun. So this is like, I, I, some of my friends, I roll because I'm, they're like, how much did you talk about sex today with your patients? (laughs) I'm like, we have like, if, if that part of it's not fun, then yeah. it's not going to happen. Yeah. And you have to be like, you have to have drive for it. And so I, I do talk to women a lot about their testosterone. I often check testosterone levels, making sure that one, we don't have too much. So some of us have too much androgen yeah. and that is from a lot of like, so PCOS yeah. can be affected by over too much androgen. And again, that's kind of what we got back to taking out the sugar regulating our blood sugar can really help that. Um, and eating all the foods that we've been talking about, but coming back really with the sugar. When I drop, when people cut sugar out, their androgens level right on out. So if you have an issue where you're um, growing a lot of hair on your chin, you're struggling with acne, you might even have some, um, a little bit of hair loss in the front, right? Um, And you're feeling angry and stagnant, then one, acupuncture can help. Two, the herbal herbals that we use to help upregulate the estrogen, upregulate the progesterone, and then take out sugar, it brings things into balance. I mean, Lisa, I just hope everybody really gets how amazing, seriously, what you just said is, because it feels so hopeless when you're in that position, 
But literally by taking what you're saying, and I completely agree with you, is and the number one thing you said in the other podcast is stopping the sugar, the poison that we call sugar, unfortunately, which is so sweet and we do need some sweetness in our life. But just simply by cutting out the sugar, you can heal yourself of PCOS. You can balance, you can increase your sex drive and balance your hormones. It's and like along a with eating I see it other all the things. time. But I just love, I love the simplicity of what you just said and how really simple and beautiful that is without, because we get into this thing in our minds where everything has to be so complicated and you have to take these drugs and you have to do all these things and you have to give yourself all these shots and you know, all of these things people do to get pregnant, but just starting simply with, you know, first just cut out that sugar and see what it does to your hormones, especially if you're one of the women that has been diagnosed with PCOS, which I think is the most common, um, reason for infertility. So that's just, I love that. And I work with patients who are working with reproductive endocrinologists. It's not an either or. Yeah. I mean, I work with patients all the time who are going through IVF, yeah. but like there's so much that we can do to augment the process. You're, they're spending a fortune yep. and there's so much we can do. But even before then, yeah. just like for the women who are younger and they're getting off birth control and they're just looking up and they're starting to think about it. Yeah. If we can keep their hormones in balance, keep their stress hormones low, yeah. keep the over, over androgenization, sorry, but that yeah. happens from stress. We're back, keeping those things into balance, PCOS, keeping our blood sugar under control. Yeah. Then a lot of times it just happens. It just happens. Yeah. And, and, about, and keeping testosterone healthy, right? So we need to have some degree of that. That's so, what I was going to ask you. What's your like number one testosterone do you have a favorite herb or a favorite? What's your, like, if you were just like overall, I mean, everybody's okay. obviously different. So exercise helps women. Okay. Exercise like helps move and helps to increase our testosterone. Um, again, I go back to the blood builders, the food, the meat, yeah. the eating cholesterol. So sometimes my ladies who are vegan, yeah. um, they don't have the same amount of testosterone. Oh, so that's interesting because when you think about it from a Chinese medicine perspective, testosterone is definitely a very yang, whereas like estrogen is very yin. So that makes sense. So you're trying to, you want to increase the yang energy. So it'd be like red meat, exercise. That's right. Put, just put the building, building blocks yeah. into it. Having sex, yeah. having fun when you have sex, it yeah. actually increases your testosterone. Oh, Weight, so um, weightlifting, oh wow, um, can you know not like heavy weightlifting, but using weights and resistant weights mm -hmm. can help. Um, and then there's different some seeds. Oh, A lot yeah. of the eating nuts and seeds, seeds and oh um, and pumpkin seeds. Yeah, so those are all things that are good foods Zinc, to help. Yeah, zinc needs to be okay. Sorry, there's one major, major hormone us, we haven't talked us, about, which us. is thyroid. Yes. Okay, so unfortunately, I see a lot of women with an underactive thyroid, yeah. a lot. Yeah. And that's often my first go-to. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm testing all these deficiencies, looking for mineral deficiencies, thyroid stuff, sometimes doing sex hormones, but a lot of times the sex hormones get better if I just can fix the cortisol and the thyroid. Mm -hmm. But the thyroid, the thyroid is what stimulates the metabolism of every cell. If it's underactive, we are like not going to get pregnant. Yeah. And it's just 
critical. And it, so I see women who come and they're like, I've gained a little weight. I'm tired. I'm cold. My hands and feet are cold. Mm -hmm. My digestion sluggish. These are all signs of hypothyroidism. Mm -hmm. And some of it is because, I mean, it's, we're, 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 the research, we're really trying to figure out why it's sort of like an epidemic hypothyroidism. Is it because we're putting seatbelts on and mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of like causing some trauma to the thyroid? Is it because there's so much chlorine mm-hmm. in the environment and bromine with d- some of the different um, pesticides and foods that those are substituting for the iodine? So the thyroid needs great iodine intake and it needs zinc mm-hmm. and it needs selenium. Yeah. And it also needs essential fatty acids. But and that's so, interesting with the, you know, because people, like you said in the beginning, you always look at the minerals first. And if you're not getting those minerals. Right. So if you're stressed, you're not absorbing. Yeah. And if you've been on, um, these are really important minerals to look at and to substitute. Yeah. So harmonizing the thyroid gland is really important as you start your fertility journey. Yeah. And for many people, thyroid's not an issue, but it's amazing. Lot, you're right though. For the women that people. I just put on an iodine supplement or yeah. I really increase their zinc or selenium or use a thyroid hormone if necessary, yeah. then boom, their fertility yeah. I'm perks I'm so right glad up. you mentioned that. I think that is so important. I think that a lot of people feel like, oh, I'm using iodized salt. So, you know, and that's a whole, probably another podcast that we do. That is- but I always tell people, Eat your sea vegetables because your, you know, iodine is food for your thyroid, and your thyroid needs that to function. And we're not really getting in our diet unless you're eating sea vegetables. That's right. You know, and so you know, kombu seaweed, you know, all those different seaweeds. Make sure you're getting an organic, clean source. Um, but that's a great way to stimulate your thyroid through diet. Excellent way. Yeah. So I would say if you've had a couple um, where you think you, sh- you know you think you dropped an egg and you think you had sex right at the right time and you think you're doing it all right and it's not working and your hands and feet are a little cold and your digestion's a little sluggish, your hair's not as vibrant as it should be, then definitely look and go get your thyroid tested. And I think it's important when you say that, because I've I've seen this so many times, um, somebody will go to like their regular family practitioner and they're like, I got my thyroid tested and everything's fine. But they don't do like their free T3, that's like a tongue twister, they're free T4, you know, and they're not looking at the full picture. So make sure that you're going to somebody that really knows how to test their thyroid. And your thyroid antibodies. So I don't want to get too medical and I don't want to freak people out, but there can be some thyroid autoantibodies and anti-TPO antibodies and other things. But that's why I think it's great. Like if when you're, you know, you're trying to get pregnant, it's great to also, like we said before, you know, go see a naturopath or somebody that knows functional medicine because they really know how to do these hormone and these thyroid tests in a way that's different from just it's the rest way. So where you're really getting like the full picture. So um, I think we you gave us so many. Oh wait, great, can I yeah, say one no, more thing? No, please. Yes. Okay. The last hormone I want to talk about is vitamin D. Yep. So vitamin D is actually a hormone and not a vitamin. It was sort of misnamed. Yes. And I tell you, I see so many vitamin D deficiencies. I can't even believe it. We wow. live in like California. Yeah. People are out in the sun, but it is. I think with sunscreens or there's yeah. and and with our um, 
bio, some, some genetic influences make it harder to absorb vitamin D, Mm -hmm. but having a very strong level of vitamin D is crucial. And it's not really in the food supply so strongly. So getting 15 minutes of great golden sunlight with no sunscreen, it makes a huge difference. But even in the winter and sort of our latitude here in Northern California, we need to supplement it. So I always check a vitamin D level on all my patients. If you're wanting to get pregnant, you should get your vitamin D level checked. It should be in a hearty, healthy level around 40 to 60. This helps with hormone production and hormone regulation. So vitamin D is a crucial part of the picture. And it's amazing the results that just that alone can have. Oh yeah. Especially like I mean, even on your, like, it's great during the cold and flu season. I mean, yeah. it's so good oh, God, for your it, immune it could go on and on and on. Yeah. It could be its but own that podcast. that is so true. And but I would for say, fertility, yeah, it's a for big fertility. factor. Yeah. And I think that um, it's great to get your levels checked because I know, because some people are, are, know about vitamin D and then they take so much and then their levels get too, high, too high, which isn't good. So it's always good just to check your levels just so you know where you're at. Well, God, this was so much incredible information. Thank you so much. I think you put so it in fun. a way where it was like really easy to understand oh, and can really help empower people um, to ask the right questions. Because I think, you know, when you go to the doctor, you know, you want to ask the right questions and you want to make sure they're testing, you know, what needs to be tested. And maybe we could even list out you know, the common tests that you should ask for and just make sure that those are the tests that your doctor's ordering for you. Because I think that's also, you know, you're your own best advocate and your own best health advocate and for you and your family. So it's important just to at least have basic information to, you know, make sure that you are getting the best care that you can. So absolutely. Yeah. So thank you so much, Dr. Hillary. That was really such great information. We're really lucky to have you. And, um, and we'll also, um, on our website, have links to Dr. Hillary's website and how to contact her and make an appointment with her as well. So you can just check urbanremedy.com and go to the fertility library and all that information will be there. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Urban Remedy podcast, where we focus on food, lifestyle, and making healthy choices and ways to live a vibrant and healthy lifestyle. If you found this information helpful or know somebody who might benefit from it, please do us the great honor of sharing this podcast with them. You can visit our website at urbanremedy.com. I'm Nika Pasquale, and thank you for tuning in.